Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Beyond the Gate Radio, the September 13, 2011 edition on this fine Tuesday. Welcome to the show. This is being presented as a pre-recorded show and is going to be an interview only, so there will be no chat room and no callers today. Later on in the show, I will tell you how you can get some free gifts, which are... <coughs> books that our guests have written today. Our guest today is Derek Akara, Spirit Medium from the UK. Derek Akara is without question the number one psychic in the UK, bridging the gap between the niche cult shows to mainstream talk shows, which rely on personality and the ability to capture the imagination. As a result of Derek's sincerity and enthusiastic delivery, Derek has achieved international acclaim with television, radio, and personal appearances across the United Kingdom, Europe, the Middle East, New Zealand, and the USA. Derek has also conducted telephone consultations for people as far south as India, Australia, and New Zealand. He is also the author of many books, a few of which are Derek Akora's Amazing Psychic Stories, The Psychic World of Derek Akora, Ghost Hunting with Derek Akora, The Psychic Adventures of Derek Akora, Derek Akora's Ghost Towns, Derek Akora Extreme Psychic, and more, which are constantly top sellers on Amazon.com. Recently, what's happening with Derek on this Facebook page, and if you're interested and not connected with him, please connect with Derek Okor on Facebook. I just want to read a couple of brief comments mentioned about him on his uh, Facebook page. One is from Miss S, which states, Derek, congratulations on winning the awards. You deserve every one of them as you are the best. Another posting by a different Miss S, just heard about you winning those awards, and I want to say congratulations. You are an inspiration to millions. And lastly, Wendy, well done, Derek, on your five well-deserved awards. Now, if you wish to get in contact with Derek, please go to his website, www.derekakura.com, and go to his contact page. And if you'd like to see Derek in person, go to one of his live events in the U.K. uh, on his uh, tour page or events page on his website, He has the True Vision Tour and the Paranormal Experience. Certainly very exciting. Now, without further ado, I'd like to bring Mr. Derek Okora, Spirit Medium, the UK's top spirit medium and one of the top mediums in the world on the show. Welcome, Derek Okora. Hi, David. It's nice to speak to you again. Thank you. It's 
so nice to hear your voice again, too. How are you doing? I'm doing okay, thank you. I'm fine. That's wonderful. How's your uh, lovely wife doing? Gwen, she's fine. She's, as always, um, very supportive, very loving. Uh, I'm a very lucky man to have Gwen as my wife. We're on the same page. I'm a very lucky man to have uh, Sherelle, too, who unfortunately couldn't be here today to co-host the show. It's just myself. I'm sorry. But I love the pictures that Gwen posts on Facebook of the uh, 365 Project. We get to see you in different aspects of your life. We never know what photographs we're going to see there, and it's very interesting. Thank you. Well, uh, you know, she takes great pride in doing it. She really loves doing it, and she's taking photographs of me in uh, some very um, unusual places, so to speak, and also some very nice places. I see that, and you photograph well. Thank and you. You sure do. You're a very uh, good-looking person, and uh, I noticed all the comments the ladies, you know, compliments they make about your nice photographs on there as well. And I enjoy the uh, garden photographs, you know, the, that you have taken great pains to do a lot of work in the garden of your lovely home there with the chickens and the pond and the ducks yeah. and the plants. That's just amazing. Well, that, that is my uh, my love. Um, I've got koi carp fish as well. And, uh, you know, when, when I'm not working out on the road, doing the theatres or whatever I'm doing, I'm the happiest when I'm at home with my family and, and all my pets, I'm with my dogs as well, naturally. Um, so that's, that's my big family. That's wonderful. You know, we all have to have a balance in our life, you know. We have... What we do, and I'm sure I know what you do, you love. It's from your heart, and you're very blessed that you have a chance to do that. But, you know, that takes a lot of energy. A lot of people don't realize what you do standing up before the audience on the stage, giving your talk and your readings. That takes – a lot of people don't realize how much energy that takes. And then you have to travel back to your home, and yeah. you, know, you need to rest and, and do something different, which is, I think is needed. Well, it is very um, therapeutic, and it does help build my energies back up when I'm in just normal uh, family circumstance part of my life because that is, you know, that is very vital to me. But by having the love um, for the animals and, you know, wanting to take care of them, you know, wanting to make sure that they're happy within themselves. And I like to think all our animals here at our home are extremely happy, Um they show us in their ways that they are happy. So that makes me pleased and that helps build my energy to get back on that road again and do my work. That's wonderful. And I have nice things at my home, too, to balance me out. I have my uh, garden is yes. not as extensive as I'd like it to be, somewhat like yours. It's actually smaller, but... We have three cats, and we have the flowers, the garden, the birds, and everything. And sometimes I just go out there to reflect, and it really rejuvenates me. It's, it's really nice. Yes, it is. It is. And that's exactly what it does, what you're saying. It does rejuvenate you. Something I've, I've noticed, and that's, for example, my work that I do, not counting the radio show, but, you know, the mediumship, yes. that growing up, I, I was in the military, I worked uh security guard, and then I just recently retired in July uh, from law enforcement as a deputy sheriff for almost 20 years. So now I'm retired, I can do this full-time. But I've noticed that I've had, like, the work, the career is like the warrior side, and now I'm on the spiritual side. Like, I think that's a good balance, but I'm amazed at how could I go from the warrior side to the spiritual side, and I realized you yourself were kind of in that energy as you grew up as a professional footballer. And, you yes. you know, don't you think yes, that balances out a person? It does, David, it does. I mean, when you are um, living a life a certain way and your, your work uh, codes, and then suddenly um, to change um, from that way of doing things into a more, let's say, a deeper understanding uh, of something uh, that you probably didn't really realize the depth while you were doing those other working um, job titles. 
now the realization you realize you do see it does balance everything out. It does. It'd be hard to do something with lopsided energy, and it took me a long time to understand all this as well. Because I guess we're constantly learning, evolving, and growing human beings, and I think that's a, a wonderful thing. Yes. And you know, your work that you do. You just recently came back from the event on. Uh, forget the aisle that it was on, but that did you have to take a ferry to get to that? To the Isle of Wight, yes. Yeah, uh, we, did, right. we, we conducted the paranormal experience. It's with a gentleman called Alan Bates. And Alan Bates is a regressionalist. And what the program, the show is, is that Alan will come out um, and he will um, ask the audience who would like to uh, be in that state of uh, awareness of, and t- for, them, for him to take them down into a previous lifetime. And uh, it's quite amazing. It can be quite stunning when you see the results. Just as an example in the Isle of Wight, the last show that we did only a couple of days ago, where there was a, a young man of about 30, he was in the audience, apparently, with his, with his wife, and he came along and he asked to be regressed, which Alan did. And then suddenly, as he got him back throughout his time of this life, and then took him out and go back a bit to his previous lifetime, coming from the man's voice, when he was addressed, when he was spoken to by Alan, suddenly it, it, it was the voice of a female. And in his previous lifetime, he was a female. And he spoke very clearly and precisely about certain aspects of his life, what part of the country he was born, his name, his family name, and information that can be, let's say, which it does happen, um, where they go and check later on these details. And it's just been amazing for Alan and myself to get people who have been regressed making contact back with us, saying they've been to the certain part of England where their regressed self um, was formerly in a, a former life, and all the facts of the names, the schooling, uh, records of that person and the family living at that time, whether they've been in the 16th, 17th, 18th, or even the 19th century. It's just mind blowing. Uh, what can be achieved. And of course, a part of that show, um, I will come out and I will do a demonstration of clairvoyance and clairaudience, and I will, will bring loved ones across the veil to, for a short time to let the people know in the audience how their loved ones are. They're getting great, great comfort from it, um, and I love doing that. And right at the very end, uh, Alan and I joined together again on the stage, and we select the strongest uh, regressed person of the evening. We bring them back up onto the stage. We sit them down. He takes them back again. And then we really go deep. I then take over and address the regressed person and ask um, uh, questions that, let's say, if there'd been some kind of wrongdoing in that person's life or something affected them or what have you, I dig spiritually uh, and bring to the surface what actually happens with that person, especially if they pass to the young age. And we get information that's just absolutely stunning. Uh, I'm very proud. I brought the paranormal experience together uh, quite a while back. Uh, I'm working with probably one of the best, if not the best, regressionists in the the world, in Alan. So... We totally enjoy our shows. Uh, we generally go out to um, packed audiences. And um, so that just recently, Alawak was a huge, huge success because nearly all the audience stayed behind when we go out and do autographs and photographs and little chats. Virtually all the audience stayed behind. That's how happy we were with the show. I, I totally believe it. Your reputation precedes you. And... 
That's totally amazing. And especially about the event, it's very ingenious that you have it designed that way. I remember going in support of what you do. I remember going to one a few years back myself. The wife and I did. We went to one in San Francisco, and it was also a medium and a regressionist. It was uh, James Van Prague and Dr. Yeah. Brian Weiss. And yeah. Dr. Brian Weiss, I had never experienced anything like this before. Yeah. And he brought us back, and I think we were under for maybe 45 minutes or so, and it only seemed like, you know, five minutes or so. But I was amazed. I said, well, let me try this. And I ended up, you know, back in Egypt, and I was, and then when I came out, I had a story to tell, and I was totally amazed. So, Hello, Derek. Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you, David. We were cut off. Yes, I got us back in. Uh, that's Good. very unusual and very rare, but whenever I have, and I'm going to tell you this because this has happened too many times, when I have a powerful medium on there, <laughs> yes. something about the energy that, you know, even though I prayed before the show, that messes up with the technology somehow. Yes, yes. Unfortunately, that has occurred a few times. Uh, when I'm, I've been conducting uh, an interview or stuff like that, um, and we can't really do much about it. I know. I'm using Skype because it's very convenient for me because it has a headset and a built-in mic and everything, and it's, you know, what can I say? I hope it's not Sam up to his tricks. No, it's not. He wouldn't do that. I'm I, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but, yeah, I was just asking you, did, uh, do they bring everybody in the audience? Does Alan bring everybody uh, at the same time, you know, regress everybody back at once? Well, actually, yes, he doesn't do uh, one particular one person. He will maybe get uh, something like 20 people up on the stage all sitting down, and he will take them down. And it's not everyone that can be successfully um, taken back. And he takes them forward into the consciousness, and then you know, let them go back into the audience. He will end up in any given show with maybe between eight to ten um, people, and he will successfully regress those ten people. That's totally amazing. May I ask you, have you ever been regressed yourself? I haven't, uh, although Alan and I have been talking about this. And you know what? I don't think it's going to be very far along the line before... I'll let Alan uh, regress me and we'll see what, what, what comes from it. And we'll also film it and sound it so it can be seen by people. Oh, that'd be wonderful. I'll be looking forward to that. Please let us know when that happens. Cause that's well, when we do it, I will, I will put it up on my website so people can view it, okay? Okay, that'd be wonderful. Thank you very much. Okay. And uh, everybody, Derek's website is www.derekcora.com. If you want to find out anything about Derek and what's going on with him now and in the near future, please check into his website. So, Derek, you have uh, also you have a lot on your plate. I see that you're quite busy. You also have something called the True Vision Tour. Yes. Well, my True Vision Tour, I just started it. Um, I've done, I think, seven, about seven shows, and I think I've got something like about another 30, 35 to do. That means different theaters across uh, the UK. Well, that certainly is a busy schedule. Uh, my wife and I were talking recently about taking a little vacation in the near future, and the first place we were going to visit is over there to England. And I bet you... That would be good. Can't guess uh, who we're going to see the first thing when we go over there. We're going to come to your... <laughs> Check out your events. That would be lovely, David. It really would. I really look forward to seeing you, folks. My uh, deceased mother was born there, and I hadn't been there since childhood, so it would be exciting, and Sherelle's never been there, so I'm sure it will be wonderful. There's so many wonderful well, people over there. Yes, I'm sure you really, both of you, really enjoy it. I bet we will. And I, I bet it's, you know, I was just young when I was there, but I'm sure it's changed quite a bit. Oh, well, I'm sure, yes. Um, 
you know, there's certain parts of, of the UK, of England, that are very, very, very beautiful. Um, and I'd like to think that the average person uh, across the UK are uh, very friendly and are um, very, uh, what can I say to add to this? They're a very friendly bunch of people and they can convey it uh, from themselves. Uh, it is noticed and it's very noticeable. So I feel that both you and your lovely wife will be greeted with um, uh, a lot of what we call um, good thoughts, good feelings, high energy, uh, to make you feel relaxed and to make you feel as if, hey, we're really going to enjoy this vacation. I know we will. We're quite excited about it. And there's a lot of interesting landmarks all over there since that country is much older than the United States here. And mm-hmm. I was interested in looking at, uh, besides Buckingham Palace, of course, uh, maybe a, an old castle or two somewhere. I'm sure there's lots of interesting oh, landmarks. Oh, there's some, there's some fabulous castles um, right from the south, right up to, to Scotland. Um, and you can, well, there's that many of them that you, uh, it would take you a long time to get to them all, but there are a few um, that I can um, let you know about if you've not read up about them, um, and the history and uh, some wonderful, 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 um, uh, when I've been to certain castles, I've been to a lot of them, investigating a lot of them. Um, some amazing things with the history, um, what I personally picked up, um, uh, certain things of history were, has it been a myth or has it been so? And going to the place of investigating and then finding the truth um, has brought me a great deal of pleasure. I'm sure it will be likewise for your good self and your wife. I know it will be. It's very interesting. We like visiting historic places. We have locally where I live in the San Francisco Bay Area, we have the Winchester Mystery House, and um, we have the USS Hornet, which is supposed to be uh, highly haunted, which I have not had an opportunity to go there yet. And then there's, in California, the Whaley House. There's different landmarks, but it's always interesting to go, not only because of their historical interest, but most of the time I find that some of these old places we go to seem to have spirits still hanging around. Yes, yes. And I I suppose that uh, one of the main reasons is that they just are really attached to the place because perhaps they loved it so much that they just want to hang around and not go to the light. Well, that's exactly, I found that out to be um, very true. Um, Because of their love, of their time living in a particular place. That's the reason what's drawing them back all the time. And of course, my belief is this, apart from grounded spirit people, people come back in visitation anyway because they can do it. And because if they can do it and they like doing it, they're going to do it for as long as they want to do it. That's amazing because they have free will in so-called death as they do in this earthly life as well. Don't you believe that? Absolutely. Yes, they do. The free will is there for them. That hasn't changed. And, you know, that's part and parcel of what we've earned the right to be able to um, function that way uh, by our life and what we've done in that previous life. I know that should be so because I've been told it, you know, uh, in far, far greater depth than what I'm speaking. Um, and I think it's a, a very wonderful thing uh, to have um, as a facility to come back because, you know what, when it's my time in this life to let go and go on that journey, after the short space of time of sleep state and restoration over there, I'm going to be coming back on a regular basis visiting places that I've lived, people who are still here, going and having a little look, see how they're doing, uh, making contact with, no doubt, a number of them. I'm going to be, that's going to bring a great deal of happiness in my afterlife um, for me because I know I've got that facility awaiting me. So I'd like everyone to know that. Everyone has got the right of this to use the free will uh, in attaining 
what you want to do. I often, if you don't mind me saying, David, look at the spiritual gifts. I look at the rewards for us people who are eternal. Is that if you utilize all what is there set out for you from the spirit realm, it's no wonder they call it heaven or heavenly because virtually you can do virtually what you want. Um, and that must bring so much happiness to the spirit people because here on earth in the physical body, we haven't got always, even though we've got free will, um, we are prevented in our lifestyles from doing a lot of things that we can do once we're over on the higher side of life. That's really truly amazing and something to look forward to going back to the other side. And I'm anticipating that myself, but I realize that I have still more things to do before I do go there. And, you know, a lot of people ask me sometimes, how come when I come, you know, I came to earth, I was born, and I didn't choose to get ill or to go through this pain or certain, certain things. And and I believe that it's for their spiritual growth that we we gain from negative experiences because if everything was all bliss here on earth and perfect, then why bother to come? Don't you agree with that? I agree with it wholeheartedly, 100%. This is what I uh, try, try to convey to people when they ask me questions about um, the spiritual life. That is so. It, it seems harsh to us if, if we can't grasp it or understand. It is for spiritual and soul growth. So as when we go over, um, you know, it, it seems heavenly to us because... You know, the, the things that we can do, the um, non-restricted things that we can do. Um, I mean, just think about it yourself. You know, if you're a resident over on the higher side of life right now, and you said, right, you know, I know I've got a brother and I've got a sister or a mom still there or even a dad. Maybe you passed over young. And you can come back as often as you like and visit to them. And you can see them. Best part of the time, they can't see you. However... It doesn't mean to say that you're not around. And that facility excites me, excites me so much so that, um, yes, that is the cycle of life. So if a person didn't understand why these pains and certain things have happened to us, it's because prior to coming to an earthly life, a, a life incarnation, we've all sat down and talked about it and realized and selected ourselves of the things that we're going to experience. And that is the only way to reach the perfection that we're meant to reach one day. And that I can totally agree on as well. Now, some people question if a person is born as a medium or do we all have that potential in this, though it just lies dormant or unused, or is it just different? Like somebody can come here with a gift, and win the American Idol. Another person could come here with a gift and become a brain surgeon or something like that. But not everybody can do those things. So do you believe yeah. that we were trained to do this in the spirit life or we were a medium in a past life? What well, you know what? There is different uh, ways of, of thinking about these things and getting the knowledge to say what is correct. However, I do believe that through my connections with uh, the world of spirit after all these years, is that to a certain degree, we have decided before coming back into a lifetime, we have already selected uh, our potential parents um, where the baby is going to be born and that will be you in your new lifestyle. Um, I also believe that it will have been discussed um, what you know you are going to be in this given lifetime. In other words, what you're going to uh, achieve, and in what sort of whether it be a doctorate, whether it be whatever in life. Yes, to a big degree, most of that is already discussed, and um, so your spirit self knows, but not the physical side knows. And if we think right, if that's already pre pre-planned. Um, what happens to the free will? Well, the free will, you see, um, 
basically is tied in with what you are meant to achieve, you will lose your free will within that spectrum. I, if it's already planned in this given right time, you know, I'm going to be a teacher, um, naturally the free will that will be attracted and used by this, that person who's going to become a teacher um, will be, be used in that context. Um, so the answer, as I see it and understand it, is that to a great degree, yes, a lot of uh, stuff has been discussed before you come back and reincarnated, um, um, and it's not logged in the in the brain of the person, um, but it's known by the spirit self within. And a person's higher self pretty much has the knowledge, but is kind of blocked by us here in the physical because we don't need to know certain things. Otherwise, how can we gain from our experience here? That's exactly that's so. The higher self separate from the lower self. The lower self is to do with the physical, um, to a degree the mental as well. Um, but the higher self um, is uh, by far um, the, um, the real person, if you like. And it's the higher self that we've always got to try and utilize in our physical lives. When, when we are attaining that with our higher self, that means that we are at the happiest that we can be. It's only when the higher self is not happy is when maybe in the physical, the lower self makes decisions through free will and makes sometimes wrong decisions um, sometimes uh, quite bad decisions, and the higher self is not too happy with all that. But um, generally, it is cleared, um, and things get back onto a, an, an even keel for the person, and then the higher self um, is becoming happier again because the person is going along and doing the things that were meant in this lifetime. That's amazing. And you know what I also have realized, and I, I've realized it with myself, if you come here to accomplish something or you have a list of goals, for example, at least the main goals, even though I have free will, uh, I'm always, or I always seem to be drawn back to my main goal regardless of what I do, and then I'm doing it, if you know what I mean. Does that make sense to you think that... People's free will. It does make sense. And you will always be brought back onto that even keel. Uh, no matter what it takes to do it, you will always be brought because you've got to walk that walk. I've got to walk the walk I walk. And, you know, the, the higher self, plus maybe your um, lovely uh, main guard, guardian guide, will um, be there working very hard in the background to achieve um, this actual thing, yes. I want to ask you uh, a question. It's a lot of people ask me, well, you know, we're loved by God, protected by God, we're created here on earth, and God has created the angels. And then there's different things that can occur in some places, and that's some people might go to a certain dwelling, for example, and there would be some positive spirit activity. And then there would be, at another place, some negative spirit activity that perhaps most of the time, maybe it's a grounded spirit that's upset about the people being there or some confused spirit that needs help is trying to get people's attention. But what is more, and I believe most rare, is an actual uh, demonic in the uh, you know particular place. Yes. And um, do are are people if somebody goes into a dwelling that perhaps somebody practiced the dark arts before and brought about these negative or dark entities that some people call demons in that place, and then let's say they left, 
could they still possibly, you know, haunt that place? Um, in my understanding, what you've just asked me is if a person goes into a location, a place that um, someone has practiced maybe the dark arts, um, and when they walk in, are you asking me, um, is there an effect on that person? Is that what you just asked me? Yes, and are any of the entities, and I'm not talking about grounded spirit humans, but uh, no. non-human entities, i.e. like a demon or something like that, that were conjured yeah. up before, would they still be hanging around that location, or would they leave when the the people that brought them there left, or is it possible that they could still be there since they opened the door? No, they could, they could, they could still be there. And in certain documented places that I've been to in the past, that has been the case. When I uh, did the programs at Most Haunted, we had, a, well, not a lot, but a number of locations where um, these energies were still there, and they hadn't moved on or moved anywhere since the, the person who conjured them into the atmosphere um, had passed over themselves. Um, and those sorts of en entities are not at all interested on, in people's emotions because they're not emotionally driven um, uh, beings, for a better word. Um, they are of low order. Uh, nine times out of ten, they've never been in a what we call a physical life. Um, so really the progressions spiritually, it's not there for them. Uh, they belong to um, different regions that, that are not um, from the kingdom of heaven. Um, and they're outside God's jurisdiction. However, uh, people shouldn't worry who, who go into uh, places of that, that sort of nature because they are of the light. They have spirit within them. They've got their own inner protection. Um, and these sort of beings um, can't in any way over-affect people of the light. They're of the dark, people are of the light. So the light will always, always uh, diminish the dark. Well, I, that's very comforting. I know that you have a lots of experience. Would you recommend to somebody that purchases a property or that's going to purchase a property that has this type of, you know, demonic presence there to, would you suggest to them to not buy it or lives there to move or perhaps have well, somebody clear it out? Most definitely, and my advice would be not if they were privy of that knowledge that, that was going on there, not to buy the, the, the property at all, stay away from it. Go and uh, look for an, another place that's free of those sorts of things because no one, no matter who they are, can gain any happiness and peace under those atmospheric um, energies that are, are dormant there. Um, unless, of course, if the people were so keen to uh, purchase that property because I, it's in the right location, I, it's the right price, I, it's uh, just what we've always wanted, well, I would most definitely then... Um, you know, give them directives by saying, well, you know, have the, um, the property cleansed to go in and uh, with a, a, a medium or mediums to cleanse the property for all time. And that way they could live successfully in the property. But for a person to go in, purchase it, do nothing about it, they're in for a bad time with the eventuality you want to leave anyway. Yeah, that makes common sense. If I definitely wouldn't move into a place like that. I'd rather sleep in a tent until I found something better than to move in a place like well, that. I, I certainly wouldn't buy it. Although I'm knowledgeable of cleansing, I've, I've done many of them. Um, I still, still, I've never ever uh, purchased a property where those sort of uh, negative energies are about. I'd stay clear of them. So something else interesting that you've done, I've seen on Most Haunted, is um, like a seance in a, to connect with spirits that might be present in a given location. And I noticed that you know there's table tipping involved and the uh, cursor moves to different words or letters. That's very interesting. Now, does it take 
uh, your collective energy to help spirit uh, raise the table to, for confirmation? Well, yes, because you're conducting this. You're the head of conducting this um, um, the cycle of things. And when the medium, um, you know, expels the, uh, the energy, it, it certainly helps those spirit people to do their part in achieving uh, what you just explained, uh, movement of articles and what have you. I'm not saying without the medium's help that the spirit people could not achieve it. What I'm saying is it helps the spirit people achieve it in a better way, a more noticeable way. Um, so, and most of those um, spirit people, when you're conducting those um, uh, things, um, are, well, if the medium is doing the right work, the medium should be conversing with the spirit people, and the spirit people would be listening to every word the medium is saying. And if the medium is to ask, which I did many times, for those spirit people that were around to do these things, um, we had a very um, good response um, uh, throughout the programs in, uh, in doing it that way. Yes, they've always been amazing. Now I've had people ask me questions. If a group of you are walking through a particular dwelling, can spirit that's obviously there watching you to see what's going on, what you're up to, mm-hmm. tell by looking at the group who can see and hear them and who cannot? Can they tell the difference? Yes, they can. They, they, they naturally know rather quickly who's got the sensitivity out of the group. You know, the deepest level of sensitivity. And if they will be watching the person's reactions um, and they will virtually gather around that person first um, and try their best to get through to that person um, and then watch the response from the person. Uh, most definitely, so the answer to that is definitely yes, the spirit people do that purposely. You know what I find amazing? Some of the dungeons and prisons that you have been to, that I've actually seen on TV, it, apparently, occasionally, there will still be a guard on duty doing his rounds still, and maybe yeah. a prisoner or two just hanging out in their cell. Yeah. What's up with that? Why don't they want to leave? Well, you see, the thing is, on some of the television programs, maybe um, the, some of the words that should have been spoken were not spoken, um, uh, in the sense that most of these people who were in cells or the, the guards, they are only coming back and repeating in their own way, what they did, what they were doing at that time. So it doesn't need to say some of them were people who are stuck here and they haven't moved on. Um, a question which gets asked me all the time. Well, if they can come and visit, and they do visit, they still want to come and visit in their attire that they wore, meaning clothing, what they wore in their day while they were here. Yes, that's part of their free will. <clears throat> It'd be absolutely strange, I'm sure, if a, a guard that was maybe in a, um, a, a prison or a castle, what have you, in maybe the 1600, 1625, some, suddenly appeared in clothing that you and I wear in modern day, it would be ridiculous because they, they wouldn't feel right. They're feeling right and correct about it because they're comfortable because that's what they were used to wearing. But it doesn't necessarily need to say that they're being grounded since the 1600s. There's a big probability that they have moved on, but they're coming back on in regular visitations. And again, they may be fascinated they want to be seen because when they're coming into the atmosphere in this day and age, they're seeing people in the clothing saying, how strange, how strange. Look at, the, look, look at that lady, how she's dressed and the colors of, of the clothing. Um, so, so that would keep them interested in coming back because they know that location, people are going to come to it to view it. So they're coming back and they're just, 
they're happy to do what they do. I think that's amazing, and it sounds like the spirits are, you know, doing something wonderful and enjoying themselves, and perhaps helping, you know, give some historic information. Now, there's two questions I want to ask you. One is about, you know, spirits and free will that are grounded here, and the other one, the first one I want to ask you is, um, are some ghosts the ones that I don't know either by choice or maybe they're confused somehow? Uh, can he be around like for a couple hundred years? Is that possible as a ghost, a grounded spirit? Yes, they can. And, you know, invariably a lot of them are. But there are times, certain times, that it's deemed from the world of spirit that they will be eventually um, drawn from the Earth's atmosphere and they will go right over to the uh, place that's been designated for them. Um, so the answer to that is there is big evidence that that is so, it does happen, but the eventuality, the eventuality is that they will, you know, there will be, uh, let's say, uh, high evolved souls who will come into the atmosphere and say, you know, this is it now, this is the time, you, you can't stay here any more than this, so you must come with us. So, yes. That function, that is actually happening, has happened and is still happening to this day. That makes a great deal of sense. And I get a lot of callers from ghost investigators that have different perspectives on um, a grounded spirit, a ghost that's hunting a a location. Now, some people seem to feel that, you know, it might be part of a spirit's path to be stuck as a ghost for a little while before they get go back home as part of their experience. Some people say that maybe the person just wants to hang around for a while to make sure the family or property is okay before they cross over. And some people feel that they should cross over all ghosts or hunting the place. Now, my feeling is that, you know, you should look at each case individually. Uh, how do you feel about that, Derek? Well, yes, to the degree I would say individually. Uh, but I would... Um uh, definitely go for the second of what you uh, have explained, um, which is uh, the vast majority um, want to uh, come back uh, and do these things because they know they can do them through free will. Um, and I would say that's the vast majority of spirit people. Um, it's their view and their ideas that they want to come back uh, in visitation if that's answered this for you. That's a great answer, and that's how I feel as well. Now, in my life, I've, uh, besides, you know, with clairvoyance, uh, with my physical eyes, I've seen ghost apparitions and partial apparitions a couple of times, but I've never seen anybody in my family. But I understand that when you were a young lad that you saw your grandfather uh, on the stair landing when you were about to go down the stairs. And you told your grandmother about it, and she brought you up there, there's nothing there, you went down, so she opened up a, a little tin with some photos in it, and you yes. picked out two photos and handed them to her, and she said, "She said, you know who that is? You said, no. And she said, that's your grandfather, because that's the person that you identified. And that, that's that got to be a totally amazing experience. That must have really changed you. Well, it, it was, David. You know, I, I wasn't quite seven. I was six years and maybe so many months of age. And to suddenly be stopped on the stairwell outside one of the bedrooms to see this big man standing in the doorway. I could see him so clearly. He was very tangible to my eyes, my physical eyes. And I saw the, the clothing he was wearing, the suit, the dark suit he was wearing, um, with the white shirt and, and, and the tie. Um, I saw his hair coloring. I, I could see him very clearly. And there, he spoke to me, and I could hear him very clearly then. He then walked over towards me and ruffled my hair with his hand, and I felt it. And then he told me to go down and tell my grand that Richard, that was his name, Richard was with me, and um, he was very happy that I could see him, um, and he would call again and see me, especially when I got older, and also mentioned something that I didn't quite understand at the time after telling Grant. Um, but he said something that 
really, as I'd been older, I would have cottoned on what he was saying about he could see me doing the spiritual work later on in my life. And so, of course, my grand took me under her wing when she realized that I had seen him. And then from there on in, she watched over me, uh, bless her. And um, whenever I had any more spiritual experiences, I used to tell Gran and, you know, if I had psychic dream state, I would tell her about what would happen in my sleep and she'd explain to me what it was. So basically, because Gran was a medium before me, um, I had a very good, uh, apart from a lovely grandmother, uh, she was a very lovely medium as well in her day, that uh, I was very fortunate to have her as my grandmother. Um, and it was. Uh, it, when I saw him, I, I was alarmed, I was frightened, but I didn't know at that moment in time that I was talking to a spirit person, that I could see a spirit person because he looked tangible. He was, he was, you know, in the physical life, I just thought he was a stranger in my grand house. <laughs> That's amazing. And you were innocent enough. You didn't realize that anything unusual was going on? No. What? And, of course... It did dawn on me when the realization that, that I could actually see a spirit man, um, it made me um, rock a bit. Now. And I remember saying to Gran at a certain age, I don't want to be like her. Although I loved her as my Gran, I don't want to be working uh, with spirits and ghosts and things. Uh, all I want to be is a football. I want to play sport. And yes, okay, I did play sport, professional sport for a number of years, but the eventuality, what I was truly meant to do, faith and destiny and what I was supposed to do, brought me onto the path and has kept me on this path all these years and I'm continuing on and um, I'm a, a, a very happy, contented man. I'm very fortunate. Yes, you are. You're very blessed, but you know, you give so much and you know, you give and you get back and, and I think that's oh, yeah. wonderful. And it was, as we discussed earlier, you know, about a certain path that you were drawn to. And I want to ask you another question. You know, I have some people that are fairly new mediums. I've helped yes. some of them. And I explained yes. to one particular person about, you know, protecting yourself and her intentions, setting intentions and so forth, different things that, you know, she said, I'm, uh, I was born a medium, I don't need any training, and I suggested that, you know, either get some training, read some books, talk to some experienced mediums for some tips, just don't go out and, and do it. And she did, but she did listen to me on, on two occasions, so she emailed me complaining that uh, a bunch of spirits followed her home and they were, you know, messing with her in her house and this and that, so we, I got a friend that, to help her with, with that, so... What advice do you have to somebody that's a new medium? Well, if the person realizes that they are uh, of mediumship and quality that they have got, you know, it's meant for them, and most definitely uh, I would say that they should be drawing close to people who are already mediums, people who have uh, walked the walk uh, and know the pitfalls to explain to them, and if they take that on board, uh, they can d develop into the true medium that they should be without many hiccups. Go in the, the way, and you know, I didn't, didn't like to hear what the lady said. She doesn't need anyone. That is a big, big blunder, a big mistake. And the person can most definitely will experience what she's experienced, just as a, a lesson to be learned. Um, no medium, no person should ever try and go alone um, and make statements in a non-humble way, as the young lady said. And quite simply, she's been shown or taught a lesson. She has. That has not happened to her since, and she's learned more. But I suppose that you know, she just needed that lesson to be strongly imprinted into her since she wasn't getting it. And guess what? Now she has it for sure, so she's not, I've not heard anything negative like that again. But I think people should be careful about what they do. Like, there's nothing wrong 
with using an Ouija board, for example, I get asked that quite a bit. As long as you have, you know, have been trained by somebody that's experienced, that you do it for good, that you're specific, that you protect. I mean, there's a lot that you can, you know, enjoy the experience of it, but just don't go use it by yourself or ask for anybody right. to come in because anything could happen. Isn't that correct? It, it's very correct. It is. Um, and when, once a person knows um, <clears throat> through uh, being shown, being taught, uh, what the pitfalls are and what they're not, they can get on um, and successfully um, achieve what they want to achieve with the Ouija board, um, but where no danger uh, in any way can come to their energies if they, you know, listen and, and conduct themselves in the best possible way uh, prior to uh, conducting something uh, to do with the board. That's definitely common sense right there. Yes. Uh, Derek, how did you, how did Sam introduce himself to you, your, your main spirit guide? Well, he first introduced himself to me um, in, in my teenage years. I was sitting at home. I was with the family. We're all in our, um, our living room, the lounge. And it was a, um, a Sunday morning. And suddenly, uh, mum was in the, in, in the room. Uh, my brother at that time, I had um, a, an elder brother and an elder sister at that time. And um, little Donna, who's only a baby child, my other sister, um, and we were all chatting. I was sitting, I remember it always, sitting on one of the sofas, sitting, and uh, suddenly I heard the, uh, a voice. I knew it wasn't anyone in the room because I've never heard this voice before. And I looked around and could evaluate that no one heard this, this voice, on strange. So I took myself up into my bedroom. And I mentally, I didn't say it out loud, I said, who is, who is there? Who is, who is it? And I heard his voice again. And he started talking to me. And I thought, for a couple of seconds, am I going mad? But I realized I wasn't. And that was my first connection with Sam in this physical life. But what he did say to me was, he was so pleased that I could hear him. He didn't show himself. I didn't see him. I just heard his voice. And, what he, and I understood what he was saying. But what he did say towards the end was, he was so glad that at this stage I could hear him. Um, he's not likely to um, connect with me for a little while from then because I had other things to do in, in, in the physical life. And I knew what he meant, what he was referring to. Uh, the pathway I was going to go and was going was uh, a sport, a sporting life, uh, playing soccer. So it was only uh, periodically, um, whilst I was playing soccer, uh, Sam would come along and say hello, just let him tell me things, and I'd make quotes. And so he was there, he was around, but he didn't interfere. It was only when I seriously was meant to... Um, come and walk the walk and develop strongly into leadership was when I had an injury uh, playing soccer um, and it didn't it responded um, to an operation and I came back the next season played two games into the season and I had an injury again for the same knee I was taken to the hospital they did exploratory then they operated um, and then I came round after the anesthetic, after the operation, and with the um, the surgeon and specialist um, sitting on the end of the bed, telling me that my football days were over. Now, when I I was in Australia at the time, playing for a club in Australia, and I thought, you know, what am I going to do? Uh, I had been taking my coaching badge to eventually maybe be a coach. But I was only parked away into that. So I decided with my family to come back to the UK, reform, rethink, see what I'm going to do. But after a period of time, as fate and destiny had it, I started having um, 
these amazing uh, connections with the world of spirit in my sleep. And um, Sam, for the first time I could see him, and he's talking to me, and I'd wake up with these ideas. And what they were doing, they were not forcing me, but they were encouraging me to, you know, join a spiritual development class, but also in conjunction, offering my services because according to the spirit world, I was ready to to go to the public um, and try to do readings for people. Well, that's exactly what I did. And I've, I've never stopped work ever since. I'm as busy today as what I've always been. And that's amazing. And I know you have a large support team in the world of spirit backing you up. And oh, yes. Ama- that's totally amazing how you work together like that. Well, you know what? I, I'm a very fortunate man. I know that. And I respect the whole spiritual team that are there. They know that. And I will always, whilst I work for spirit, I will always appreciate their hard work behind the scenes. And talking about appreciation, we appreciate you coming uh, on the show today and your busy schedule and your personal time is very generous of you. I just wanted to tell that anybody that listens to the show, because I'm going to be putting it out there, that on September 14th, anybody in the United States, because I'm trying to also promote Derek in the United States, anybody in the United States that listens to the show on September 14th, the first three people to send me an email at medium david baker at comcast.net that's medium david baker at comcast.net each of you will get a brand new free copy of one of derek's books from my collection just to thank you for listening to the show and hopefully you can learn more about derek derek is there anything you'd like to announce or tell everybody before we close the show yes there is uh, actually and um, david um at this moment uh, my people that um, support me in England, you know, as we talk about agents and managers, and they are eagerly in talks with a American network about a program, um, and hopefully, hopefully, from what I've heard up to date, is they are extremely interested in wanting to commission it and put it on, uh, broadcasted um, across the United States of America. Well, that's amazing, and that's funny because the first time you had on your show, I don't think I had an opportunity to mention to you, but uh, I may have. I told Sherelle that you know what, I think something uh, new in TV is coming up with him, and that that just confirms it. And as a psychic medium myself. I think that that's going to come about and it's going to be very successful. And I think that would be wonderful because you already have a large audience and there's not very many people in the world that, you know, as charismatic as you are and, you know, well, highly gifted. You know, you're a really good speaker. You're really highly gifted and you do it well. And, you you know, you what you share with everybody, we all learn and you're adding more light to the world, and we really appreciate it very much what you do. You're the best. Well, thank you so much. It's been a, a real pleasure. I could speak with you. and be, You might as well be sitting next to me here. Um, I, you're a soul friend, um, and you're knowledgeable, and you're a good man yourself, and you keep up with the good work and, and keep on giving the truth to pe- people because, you know what? You are a teacher whether you know it or not, you are a teacher. That's what you're meant to be. Oh, wow. Spiritually. And you will find this over the next couple of years, how they will manipulate and do things for you because they know you've got all the qualities that are needed. You've got the passion. You've got the compassion. You've got the empathy. You've got the goodness. And so, you know, it's like one brother talking to another brother here, okay? Okay, Derek. Thank you so much. David, it's been a pleasure, and I hope your lovely listeners and whether they, that they gain something from it because um, that will bring you great, great heartfelt pleasure. Thank you so much. God bless you and Gwen. And uh, I know there's going to be a record amount of listeners, too, as your last show was, Broke Records. 
Thank you so much. God bless you, and until next time. God bless you. Till next time, David. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. Well, this has been the Tuesday, September 13th edition of Beyond the Gate Radio with Derek Akara, spirit medium from the U.K., and he's one of the best in the world. We want to thank everybody for joining us today, and please feel free to share this program with your friends. And a reminder, once again, September 14th, if I get some emails from somebody in the United States, the first three people, I will mail you a brand new copy of one of his many books to you because we love Derek so much and we want you to learn about him. Please go to his website, www.derekakura.com. Find out all about him, what's going on with his events. Check out his uh, Facebook page and also on the uh, website of Derek's, you may contact him. He has a page here for contact if you wish to ask him a question. Thank you, everybody. God bless you, and have a wonderful day. This is Beyond the Gate Radio. Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.